0: The future of photography.
1: It is Saturday the twenty-third of January 2021, and this is the future of photography. My name is Chris. We have Jeremiah, we have Adrian, and Imar, excuse herself for this episode. Should be back soon though. Um how's everyone doing? We are surviving. Yeah. Hanging in there.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, not too bad. Thank which, you. Which is a, nice a real plus at this point.
0: It,
1: you know, you know what? The the our our pre show discussions here before we record, I really enjoy those. Just just some, some some other people outside of the little circle I'm 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 in right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. So
0: <laughs> this is the extent of our social life. <laughs> yeah, it's well, a bit yeah, limited. Te- yeah, it is.
2: It is, but I don't know about you guys, but you know, I tend to end up feeling reasonably content with with what my with my lot in life. I I, I sort of my expectations shrink to the lowest common denominator. So yeah, easily pleased, was, I think. I've works. been getting
0: into being agoraphobic now. If I just go out for a second, I'm like, <laughs> oh, what is this? <laughs> Whoops. Whoops! Travel uh,
1: uh, well. Travel around the block. So. So, um, hmm, try, trying to build a bridge here into the topic of the show, I think, it's a bit no, two-dimensional. It's a bit two-dimensional what we have right now in terms of that's our right, social life. We have so to
0: expand our thinking.
1: We need to add a bit more depth here, right? So, yes. every, everyone at this point has, has read the title of this episode anyway. Uh, Jeremiah on 3D, that's the title. So, Jeremiah, ah. your turn. What are we yeah. going to talk about?
0: You know, I, I think fundamentally uh, we could talk about three D. Is it uh, distracting, or is it a kind of forward-thinking technology that will uh, create kind of new experiences in image making? So it's distracting. Overall,
1: next topic. Yeah,
0: it's the overall. Okay, <laughs> over to you. What's I our think next it show? A bit more discussion than that, Chris. <laughs> um,
1: okay, tiny little bit. Sorry, sorry. You for know. That. Uh, you know, uh,
0: we can go through, you know, the from the very, very beginnings of, of photography, once it really got its sea legs in terms of uh, technology, uh, the very first thing that people started to experiment with was Three d yeah. racy pictures
1: so we are we are but this is this is the point where I remind everyone that this is an audio podcast with a video attachment to it, so um in the show notes you'll find I, a link to the youtube video and Jeremiah I, has just held up some um i will a,
0: describe it
1: okay uh, go ahead
0: <laughs> it, it it is uh it is um an image or it is actually two images paired together, printed on one. Uh, photographic sheet that is applied to a cardboard, one representing the left eye version and one the right eye version. And they're generally looked at in a contraption where you slide it in, look through a couple of lenses, and that will give you a complete 3D view of these images. They were very popular uh, at the turn of the century and even a little earlier. Um, So, they were as much a novelty as they were, uh, used for documenting, you know, uh, um, landscapes and, uh, digs in Egypt and all of those kinds of colonial ways that, that, uh, the English were very, um, uh, kind of proud of. <laughs> so, uh, stereoscopic 3d, uh, has been part of, of the photographic process almost from the beginning. Um, As it evolves, uh, it becomes uh, just more and more, um, I guess, easy to take 3D pictures, but not as easy to view 3D pictures. Um, As the process uh, becomes more popular um, in terms of photography, we have Uh, many different cameras um, by many different manufacturers. And, you know, I invite anybody to Google the history of 3D cameras. There's plenty of them with two lenses and whatnot and, and um, all kinds of contraptions for viewing. It never really caught on. um, And it was always kind of a niche product. um, And there's reasons for it. Uh, Personally, uh, and, and I'll get into how it evolved in a moment, but um, I always look at 3D uh, uh, the same way that I, I look at color photography. Um, you know, the root abstraction of photography v- there is very, very intriguing to me, and that's why I, I tend towards black and white. Um, not that I avoid shooting color, but I, I do. Um, but, but color is its own thing uh you've you you've framed something you you want to capture its essence um adding 3D to that uh creates another experience same image, but are we looking at the 3d uh, at the depth of it um, or are we looking at the image and and that's something that as someone who's uh, experimented with uh film in 3 d uh, never made a 3d film but i I have participated in uh, paramount brought in a bunch of us directors to work with the latest technology several years ago uh, with a a team and and uh, just to explore the kind of thinking one applies to image making both in motion and still i just found that the technology was the tail that wagged the dog and i've seen very few films that wherein the 3d technology enhanced the story one was uh, the Invention of Hugo Cabaret by Martin Scorsese. The other one was Dial M for Murder uh, by Hitchcock. But like, I really can't remember other films that use 3D in an effective way to enhance the story. I have uh, one,
2: actually. Yeah, go. Just the one, though. Um, it was a film called 3D Muppet Vision. And <laughs> I saw it at Disney World in Florida in about 1998, perhaps. And you went into the theatre and the theatre was set up like the Muppet Theatre, right, from the old TV series, including with the characters in the box at the top and stuff like that. And uh but when the curtains opened it wasn't a theatre stage, it was a it, it was a screen and you had a, a 3D Muppet extravaganza, uh, including, if I remember rightly, I'm sure this isn't there anymore, so it's not a spoiler to say that like bits of the physical theatre actually blew up at the end in the finale of the film. Um it was it was fantastic, but it was the it's the only the only use of three D in a film I've ever seen that I thought added to the experience. <laughs>
0: Was it the 3D or the dimension that was the entertainment or was it the story? That or, was the entertainment? or
1: were they recreating a 3D, uh, a, a theatrical experience uh, and used 3D for that?
2: So those are all good questions. Um, it was a very long time ago. <laughs> so uh, uh, so any memories I have of it, of course, are, are somewhat, are somewhat um, yeah, faded at this point. I think that I remember being impressed by the way they, yeah, the, it, it the first couple of uses of it were designed to sort of shock you and and, and make you leap in your seat. Uh, but after that, the the it it became part of the story. And so, the as I say, the finale there were physical bits of the theatre falling apart or, or or whatever you know in those way in the ways that you know um, Disney World rides do. Um, uh, and that was combined with the three D visuals from the screen. So so I would say actually it, it was a pretty sophisticated especially for its day, a pretty sophisticated blend of the 3D technology and the story and physical special effects.
0: Well, Avatar does that uh, very, very well as well. Um, oh. You know, Cameron did that. Somebody had to say Avatar, didn't well, well, if the use of the 3D in that fen- Fantasy realm, I think, really uh, helped the experience. Shall we say? I didn't.
2: I didn't see it in three D actually, and it's a film I didn't enjoy. So I'll, I'll probably not. I'll, I'll not take us down a rabbit hole by by you know just being miserable about what was clearly a very successful movie.
0: Well, I saw it in three D IMAX, and that it was the way it was intended, and and uh, it was kind of astonishing. I mean, you know, the story is effectively Pocahontas, but the 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 experience of seeing cinema in that way was it felt new and it felt kind mm. of refreshed however uh back to the issue at hand as as uh, the 50s came up something that was uh or became very popular is something called the viewmaster um viewmaster i'm holding up a little viewmaster um viewer and uh, one would put these circular discs in and they were generally sold at tourist sites. Um, And what was interesting was the depth of the Grand Canyon or Mickey Mouse's house or whatever, whatever the, the, the difference. and, And this is something I've come to is when we look at the world, we are not conscious of depth in the same way we are. When we look at a 3d image where we're, really experiencing the space between objects. Where we look at reality, as it were, um, our 3D vision just gives us uh, uh, aids to navigate the world uh, in terms of what's closer and further away. Um, so it is a different experience. Even though we say it's three-dimensional, it is its own aesthetic That's Um, a
2: really interesting point. I've never thought about that, but it immediately makes sense now you say it. Because, you know, I I know, for example, that, you know, when you, the simple act of, we think it's simple, of catching a ball when you're playing a game of catch, you know, your brain is doing really complex and sophisticated calculus to calculate the trajectory of the ball and make sure, you know, and, and what have you. And all of that, you know, completely, Unconsciously, yeah, that's monkey brain stuff, isn't it? That's that's not higher brain stuff. So yeah, that's a really interesting point because for me, I can look at, right, looking straight ahead at the moment. I'm I'm stood in front of a desk. i got a microphone very close to my face, then a laptop screen, then a camera in a, slightly further back. But I don't, and yeah, and yeah, there's depth, but I'm not seeing it as depth. I'm just seeing it as stuff, you know. Which is now, very different from when you see a, a, right. a photograph or a film in 3D, which, which is – I think what maybe it does then is that it raises the, your awareness or your processing of the 3D nature of the image to your higher brain, perhaps.
0: The space in between. I think if you're looking at an image of what you are seeing in front of you, a 3D image – you would be very conscious of where the edge of the computer monitor ends, where the camera is in the background, and the space between them with this kind of urge to maybe fit your hand around it and dive into I was, that.
1: I was, I was wondering. I mean, yes, it's a different experience, and, and I don't really... Yeah, I, it, feel, it feels a, a bit gimmicky to me. Um, I haven't seen that many movies in the, in the cinema, in 3d but of course i have those theme park uh, experiences theme park uh, shows in 3d um i've had a viewmaster as a kid and I, but those were always very like limited experiences they were always kind of just just once in a month or something really really rare even rarer most of the time so i was wondering um if 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 it became more like a daily occurrence, a daily thing to watch things in 3D, if that would kind of be normalized in our brains, because, I mean, I, I had the Oculus Quest um, experience and being in there in in the beginning for the first few hours felt like, whoa, 3D and everything is mm-hmm. as death and stuff. And then after a while, it became a bit more normal. I've I went and played some online games quite frequently and those then just became like, Another reality that was kind of interchangeable with the real one. So, question th- is: th- if, th- if, if, if getting used to it will change things?
0: Well, th- I mean, I think that is a fantastic point to make. Uh, whereas, our um, and and I think that as we get used to different ways of seeing or different experiences, that normalization happens in our brain. So that that describes or. When people lose 3D image, when they're just looking through one eye, they get used to judging spatial interaction uh, with different techniques in your right. brain. Um, it's not that everything becomes two-dimensional and flat. So th- our brain really is what connects us uh, to an understanding of depth. Uh, but as I start to kind of focus more on on the artistic or the creative Elements of three D image making. Uh, I will hearken back again to my own experience. Um, in in my kind of uh, early days as an artist uh, in Toronto, um, you know, Canada, like Germany, has a, a, a much more open and inviting uh, way to fund artists and and young artists' intentions, and you could apply for government grants and all of that stuff. Well. Uh, a group of us, three of us uh, got together and we we managed to get uh, what was then called a Canada Council grant. And we bought ourselves, a, <laughs> I think, a $200,000 laser, a steel table about six inches, which we floated. And we began making holograms. And this is uh, laser lit holograms. Um, And we did it basically, it was before the internet, by reading papers, coding our own emulsion, setting trial and error, basically. And we created really amazing things where you set up a plate, you use the beam splitter to split the the laser, a very powerful red laser, which would shine some of its light split on the object and some of it on the... Um, uh, glass plate coated, and then you develop it. When you then refocus the laser on the plate itself without the object, the object would appear just as clear as when you saw it on the table. Pretty astounding. So we did that. Uh, We managed to open a museum of holography with some uh, or be part of that. It was happening in New York. We had a show, we opened it, and some of our stuff ended up in the Museum of Modern Art as well. And this this really gave way to what we would now call white light holography, which doesn't require lasers and it requires reflectivity. And it's often used uh, as a security thing on your credit cards or uh, documents itself. Um, but it never really caught you know, it never really caught the zeitgeist in terms of creativity. The other ways that I explored 3D is I used to have a 3D slide camera and Kodak used to make Kodachrome or be able to process Kodachrome with a split image. In other words, you'd get back a slide with two images and you were able to project it with a 3D projector and Polaroid glasses or polarized lenses. One where the image was going vertically and one horizontally. I'm holding up my hand and demonstrating that. Uh, And and those would kind of create the uh, complementary in the image that was projected. And those would be very astonishing because you could project them very big. And we used to do this at galleries,
2: that's um, that, sounds interesting. that sounds very interesting so is that one image or two images you're projecting now? One image, <coughs> well you're but, but projecting pyroid.
0: two but they are because of the projection you can bring them together and adjust the parallax so the those in the audience with glasses would be seeing a single image not unlike a projected film in 3D so wow. okay. that was part of our our, our kind of process um Oh, just two years ago, I had a show here uh, in Los Angeles uh, of my work. And half the show was a uh, very, very large black and white lenticular prints. Lenticular prints are, and these were like 20 by 30 black and white contrasty lenticulars. Um, Not easy to get made in any kind of quality. That's another... Yeah, they usually come in
1: in tourist postcard size usually. That's right. Yeah.
0: That's right. A lenticular print is the kind of thing that you see in tourist shops where, you know, somebody is smiling and frowning. uh, Somebody is beautiful in a skull. uh, Happy Christmas, you know, you loser when you flip it. It's just a way of changing the image or kind of some little... A three-dimensional uh image and it's used by kind of you know in in the the 10 second version as you slice and dice a, a an image and then you mount very specific lenses at very specific um uh distances uh and the end result is uh a kind of 3D image um to do this in a large 20 by 30 black and white was an experiment that, that took many, many months and working with uh, a, a, some really spectacular printers uh, here in Los Angeles, which I found quite by accident because my first piece was done in the Midwest. It was very difficult to find people who wanted to participate in taking what is a commercial or bus shelter gimmick and turn it into art. And those, those pieces sold out, as you can imagine there. And I framed them with mats, So when you just stood in front of them quietly, they would look like a black and white image.
1: When you move, everything changed. Yes, (laughs) everything
0: changed. So that was a a fun experiment. But I, but getting back to what we can do, you don't need a three D camera to take three D pictures. All you really need to do is move your camera from right to left and keep it in a reasonably um, solid. Uh, line, uh, you could, which you could adjust later, and then combine the images using your favorite uh, f- uh, photo editing technique. These are often can, they're often printed as what we call anaglyphs. Anaglyphs are something that uh, everyone can can do because they basically are a a way of separating the right and left by using um, color. Um, And when you look at these images using those glasses, you get a a beautiful 3D image. And often those things are and have been used in a gimmicky way. However, last year at the LA County Museum, there was a a 3D show, which was very, very impressive. Some of the most impressive was a massive probably six by four inch paper print two of them i want to say that thomas demanded it but I, I i may be wrong so please don't quote me but it, it would be someone like that um and it was a model of a crater anaglyph hanging on the wall and there were glasses beside the picture that you could pick up and shoot. And it was absolutely staggering. The depth was only uh, a few inches to our brain, but it had a a great power um, that was unlike anything that I had seen. Um, I had done a series and have done a series of anaglyphs. I've never printed them or published them, but it's something that I have explored and I've put a few images up on our Discord channel, which we can get to a little later. And then Finally, uh, there are cameras that you could buy still. Uh, one of which, my favorite, is something called a Finepix Fuji. I'm holding up the box now. This is a 3D camera.
1: Oh, you've actually got one. Oh yeah. I, show I, I show, show I it, it again. Show it again on the screen. Here's the box. Oh. I thought
2: so much about buying one of these <laughs> when they were when they came out. I, I really did.
0: Honestly. This is one of my favorite cameras in the universe. uh The quality is great. It shoots in a format called m p o which is which one uh can't using the right uh software easily separate the black uh, the left and the right images adjust. Uh, the fine elements of parallax, which you can do on the camera. It has a screen you do not need glasses to look at that gives you a 3D image on the screen. You can then adjust the parallax and by parallax, it's how uh, how much distance between the uh, point of focus and the distance between your eyes. Which sometimes can result in eye strain if it's not dialed in perfectly, and uh, that's why a lot of 3D movies are very tiring to the eyes because our eyes are just constantly trying to adjust. Um, but this camera, yeah, yes, is, I
2: guess, it's like a pair of binoculars. That's why binoculars bend in the middle, isn't right. it? Because that's you need exactly to get right. them to be the the, the, yeah. the width of
1: your eyes.
0: So the fine picks is is something that that is great. You can still find. Let's them actually bring on, that up uh,
1: right now. Let's bring up our Discord. I did. Thi- I did think while you're doing
2: that. I did think so much about buying one of these. They, they there we when go. they came out. It was, so, uh,
1: it's fun. Incredible. By the way, this is yeah. this is a place. Uh, if 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 anyone out there has has still has questions about what this Discord thing is, this is what it is. On it's on the screen right now in the video version. Uh, so you put those up in in showcase. Uh, yeah, we have a bit of a squirrel infestation on <laughs> on the channel right now. That's. Right. Um, we do, uh, but there it's are 50 your anaglyphic year old Star
2: Trek jokes this week.
1: There are your anaglyphic photos. Let me try with my uh, anaglyphic class. By the way, is that I don't is, is the is the blue and red on which sides they are? Is that is there a firm definition where this has to be? Oh yeah, this is. Uh,
0: you can adjust. You can. Uh, uh, I will kind of demonstrate. You can adjust them in any way you want. On, on yeah, just things. just
1: wondering if if I go out and buy red blue glasses will i get you ones that see. will work everywhere is there a uh, pretty there like well a they're stand- they are standard yeah okay. yeah yeah, we, yeah i was going to say
2: actually for those of the listeners that don't recognize the word anaglyph um but but maybe uh ha- have seen glasses that have one red eye and one green eye or blue eye that's what they um, are yeah the, <laughs> That's that's what they are. So uh, yeah, it's um, uh, uh, and the the image, of course, without those glasses, what you see is color fringing at the edges of things. Yes, and it's that color fringi- fringing that that um, that's that something... sets, if you like, the distance at which you perceive that object in the There's image. There's
1: something tape. wild about having the Discord open, scrolling through photos, and having some of them pop well back into the screen, kind of three D ish.
2: Uh, that's a, that's an interesting
1: thing. Yes, likely the little, like little <laughs> windows going going that's right, that's in right. there.
0: I mean, it's so tiny, but um, yeah, you
1: can you can see it from your screen, but uh, the viewers on the video version can certainly do. So get your anaglyph glasses, have a look. Um, now,
0: just note that these I've reduced these in quality, but the uh, the quality that I have on uh, on Photoshop uh, is probably they're probably about 20 megapixels at 300 dpi oh. and i've printed them rather big and they are beautiful they are so just t- so beautiful.
2: tell us tell us how you would make one of these cuz you know this, this this of of interest to our listeners and viewers maybe and 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 certainly you've piqued my interest today how how would i go about making one I'll of g- these images
0: i'll give you a very simple way with no extra equipment needed um Except if you don't have a rail, <laughs> <laughs> but I know you have a rail.
2: I don't know though. A, a rail, as in you mean a rail, as in what you would use for a video camera to manage the movement of a video camera.
1: Uh, well, yes, uh, they, to space they range two from cameras, pretty much,
0: or they range from six feet to seven inches. Uh, they often have a rotating platform to uh, to maintain the focus point as the camera moves. Uh, they're not expensive. But if you, if you uh, identified an object, put your camera on it, shot the right side, slid the camera to the left side, shot it again, that gives you your left and right.
2: Uh, and does, it, much- and
0: it d- d- does
2: it help to ha- to, for the, the distance of the movement to be roughly the distance between your eyes, for example? Does that help? Is It or is it-, it
0: helps. Uh, but depending on the distance, if you were shooting a mountain, uh, you would need to move maybe 20 feet to yeah, get any okay. distance. Yes,
2: because you need to be able to generate that parallax.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, so okay. that's a trial and error thing. I'm sure there's scientific papers written about exactly what, what uh, you know, how many feet you are. I, I've always just done it by feel. But uh, if you take two shots pointed at the same image um, and moved one left and one right, brought that into Photoshop and started to move them together and then uh, basically colored one as red and one as green. Uh, You could slide them together and end up with quite a beautiful, I've simplified it somewhat, Hmm. but there are many, many, um, I guess, DIY spots on YouTube that would, uh, you know, give you some, you know, good insights onto how to do that with yeah. just a rail system. I want or, to there should, they they should a small... be a
2: way of doing this as an app as well these days with depth sensors and stuff like that. I'm ah, fine. funny should you should one.
0: say that. There...
2: Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I, I should have read the show notes. <laughs> no, so no I, I did not.
0: I did not put <laughs> any 3D notes in it. I'm, you know, I, I'm kicking myself for not doing it. But uh, do I have to? Yeah, here, look at that. 3D, depth cam, fuse cam, I uh, what's it? i3d stereo uh i think that's one that is interesting um oh, this is okay. one that so, i say so,
2: so there might be apps out there right. that people could try this stuff out with then uh
0: um, all right and I, these are not things that i've used very much but there are apps that will enable a left right uh shot but they do require some processing.
2: do you know what i i remember some years ago when it first came out playing with google cardboard which was a, a system quite quite actually made of cardboard, uh, yeah. where you could use your you could slot your phone into uh, into a cardboard box, and it came with two little plastic lenses, and it would give you a, basically yeah. a VR effect. I bet there'd be something like that out there that you could uh, you could yeah. try this stuff with. Well, there are,
0: and there there are even kind of plastic versions of same for you know with adjustable lenses. So uh, you know, getting back to it, is three D. Um, a creative tool? Yes. Is it something that you want to um, explore? It's fun, I would say. It's, <laughs> there's a novelty to it. It's fun. I think it becomes very interesting in taking what uh, has been seen as novel techniques and subverting them into something that really gives the viewer a second look at it so that this novel technique disappears. And you 're experiencing an image in a new way
2: so so let me ask you a question around this then so however many years on it is since you did a holography gallery exhibition um, uh, and you know do you looking back, do you think that part of the the way that was received, I hope successfully, but part of the way it was right. received was based around the novelty factor if you did the similar thing today, would it be considered art? Uh, is there is is it is is it the fact that you, you you print it big and stick it on a wall in a gallery? Is that the thing that makes it art?
0: Well, that's a bigger question. It is, uh, but it, I, it, it is.
1: That's
0: a bigger question.
1: I mean, I could. That's an I entire take... episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well,
0: let me try and narrow it. Down. Let me try and narrow
2: it down then, because yeah, that, that yeah, that's a, that's a, almost a philosophical question, isn't it? Or at the very least, a cynical economics-based question. Yeah. Um. The is is it um. If if you were making, let's say, a, a six foot by four foot anaglyph print or something, or, or a six foot by four foot what a cut lenticular print, yeah, um, and uh, that was in a gallery. It, it, do, do you think you could get away with just having the image be any old rubbish, or would it still need to be no. actually an artistic creation in its own yeah. right?
0: I think that the the creative process is how to fuse the image and the technique so that one can't imagine one without the other. In other words, that the intention of the image through that technique creates the experience that is unique to that uh, image and time to experience it. Uh, okay. I, I think that's true of every technique that we okay. employ.
2: No, thank you. That, that helps because, as you know, I'm a bit of a dabbler and I don't have any artistic education as such. And so I do, I do genuinely struggle with these things sometimes to understand what is the difference between you know, the toy and the art. <laughs> I say <laughs> it's
0: intention.
2: Yeah, OK. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh,
0: what, what is the outcome? What, what do you want to achieve? Certainly
1: it? quite blurry lines in between.
0: Yes. Uh, and and it's those blurry lines that i think some of the most exciting things uh are 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 discovered because uh it's those mistakes or i, I remember the very first time i did a, a flip lenticular which is uh one that just changes images and uh it was a uh a koi pond black and white, so the water seems black, but under the surface of the water, and you see leaves and uh, branches and twigs, you see big koi, but in each image, the koi is just moving ever so slightly with one just coming up to the water to grab a piece of food, so the ring of the water expands. So the image is still, there's very, very little movement, the leaves, the stones, the, the light, but as you move, you see the fish just adjust and the, the, a little ripple of the water move out. That's a very specific experience. Of how many, how many wh-
1: individual frames can you put into one of these lenticulars? Depends on the lens, well, I guess, right?
0: Well, uh, funny you should ask. Just excuse me for a second.
1: <laughs> okay, Jeremiah oh, is now leaving, he was gone. leaving the recording spot. And picking up something.
0: Uh, this is an image.
1: Okay, let I, me let I, me bring I, you up bigger on the screen okay. here. Say, yep.
0: this is me as Chuck Close, right? <laughs> uh, this you can't really tell, but this is a three D lenticular. I, well, I if you turn it slightly,
1: so we can see a change. Yes. So, so, yes. so what that if, if what
2: that looks like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that uh, and you get these on kids' magazines sometimes. It's an image printed on what looks to be a, a ridged surface, and as yes. you turn the angle, turn the image, the angle of view ch- changes what you see. And
1: that it's ridged surface pr- is the lenses.
0: Yeah, it's not printed on a l- lens uh, on a ridged surface. It's printed on a flat surface. Yes. and right. The lenses are applied to it very okay. carefully and very specifically. And choosing the lenses, because there are 20, 30, 40, 60, okay. know, 80 in terms of, of and that will uh, have an effect on how close the viewer is meant to be in right. experiencing the image. Oh, okay. But this, this image, which is just the uh, Grayson, who, who is the printer, uh, it's his uh, business card but nice. the image itself is about five feet by four feet. It's massive, like a Chuck Close painting. And For, uh, for the
2: record, the business case is slightly smaller than that, <laughs> business card. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I believe that uh, he had, I know, I don't believe, I know, he had uh, Chuck Close sit rigidly in a seat, holding still, not unlike getting a daguerreotype done. And he had a very long rail, which I've seen, showed me, about, I don't know, 12, 15 feet, and uh, a Canon 5D. And he literally, there must have been 60 images. He just had them stay very still. And and uh, he did about 60 images. So that, this little image is made up of Sixty, okay. Separate images combined, and uh, it, it, it is ideal, that it's a deal. But it takes very, quite some dedication,
1: powerful. yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I, I certainly don't have a fifteen-foot rail. Uh, but does the does the camera when you make that? Then does the camera have to turn? Rotate on its uh, 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 it, uh, as it moves along the rail. It, it does most it, it, of these it, otherwise rails. Otherwise, half the time it wouldn't be po- it wouldn't be pointing at the subject, would it?
0: <laughs> most of these rails, uh, including my little six inch ones, have adjustments to keep the focal point. Right. You could you can make it parallel, or you can make it. Uh, focal point. Yeah, I, I, ah, used, yeah. A okay, I yeah. used a slider.
1: I used a slider that had a little automatically rotating platform on it where you put the camera, so you could set yeah. it. So you could set it to to always point at a certain point. You could you had a parallel yeah. slider, but it would always point the camera at the same yeah. uh, spot. I yeah, think most as, of that, as them long have as you that. Get that the, most as long as you get
2: that. the focal plane in yeah. the right place, yeah. yeah. it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, 3D is something. One could explore with cheap picture, you know, cheap cameras. You could do it with your own. It's it's quite fun experimenting with these things. Antiglyphs are the cheapest way to go. Uh, I've uh, selected as part of my picks a couple of uh, my favorite little software pieces that um, you could use to either take apart what we call an MPO file. So it'll separate that file into left and right and then reconstitute it if you want. Um, I just think with the advent of LiDAR scanning, your, your expertise, Adrian, <laughs> that we're going to be seeing some new forms of integrating LiDAR imaging and 3D imaging uh, that we're not seeing yet, but I think that's coming to the phone.
2: All right. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely need to, to get
1: to that. Definitely, I'm looking forward to that. So, what does that mean for the future of photography? Do we have a? It
0: means that we'll continually be distracted by 3D.
1: <laughs> it does. Do while, you know? Well, it reminds. me. I'll say in five years we'll probably talk about this differently because by that time we'll have those devices and it will be much more normal, regular occurrence for us to see things in 3D, like. And 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 I'm
2: intrigued. Well, we'll come back when we come back to it. I must. We must remember to check against the question you asked earlier, Chris, which is: Is it that our brains are just used to seeing things in a certain way? Yeah, which is the yeah a a contemporary uh example being you know watching something in 24 frames a second versus 60. One of them looks like a movie. The other one looks like a home video.
1: Yeah, it's. For, for me, I think it's it's it really comes down to what you're used to, but well, uh, well that means we'll have to continue making the show for at least five years to find out and talk <laughs> about it here on the air. I hope um, nobody holds
2: us to account.
1: <laughs> let's let's go to the picks of the week, and I will do the first one. Let me just switch back to from our Discord to the browser. There's the browser. Um, nothing to do with 3D. Nothing to do with stereoscopic vision, but uh, Affinity or Serif, the company that does Affinity Photo and the other, like, let's say Adobe. Designer and stuff. But yep. Adobe Competition products. Um, they've just done the same thing they've done at the beginning of the pandemic, which is they are offering a 90 day free trial, which is great. So you get three months to uh, test stuff. And I'm a fan of their products. And they offer 50% off all apps right now so uh,
2: if you're they're right. not expensive in the first place are and, they? and so they're sure. and
1: they're non and they're non-subscription they are just like you buy them and you have them so um, i'm a fan Can so you, I, th-
2: I think this is awesome i mean when on the rare occasion i do need serious firepower um uh, affinity photo on yeah. the ipad is is really good yeah the ability to draw with your finger or a pen straight on the screen and what you're seeing and all of that for uh, is it forty? Dollars or Euros yeah, or something. It's, it's, I mean, it's not it's, an expensive. And piece now fifty of
1: percent off, so yeah. No no Can excuse. I ask
0: can I ask both of you what uh, what can this do that Photoshop can't do? Or what does it do better than it Photoshop? Is
1: more modern in terms of how it works. Um, I like the way it's integrated with each other. So switching being in the in the vector program and switching to uh, to the pixel tools from the from their Photoshop equivalent, is just one mouse click. Um, it is well, as I said, it's it's a, it's non-subscription, which means you have it, <laughs> you, you don't pay every month, <laughs> and um, it's fast. Their stuff is incredibly fast, yeah. and it, it's very consistent over the different platforms. So. Um,
2: certainly for me when i made my choice which was a little while ago uh there was no equivalently powerful editor on an ipad um now i understand photoshop is is there now and is improving um but at the time if you wanted a powerful editor on an ipad you had to buy this it was the only choice
1: so yeah the the affinity designer their their like uh, illustrator kind of tool is now just 27.99 euros
0: See, I will, I will admit to That's having incredible. having it on my iPad, but I've yeah, but sound you, weird. But I've
1: never used it. <laughs> you live in the Photoshop or in the in the Adobe universe, I, and uh, I do. those tools do for you what you need, and uh, you use them professionally. So, of course, you I just
0: know how to use them. So, and you uh,
1: know, and and that. muscle memory. But uh, I've taken the time and uh, relearned a couple of those things. Not too much. It's very similar. And I've yeah, the only the only Adobe product I use regularly is Lightroom because there still is no equivalent to that.
2: Yeah, if, if I'd say that if there was one thing that I, I think um, I, I wish would change in Affinity Photo, I think it would be that it was slightly less like Photoshop yeah but i appreciate that in order to make any headway in the market at all they had to provide something that was very easy for photoshop users to use i like the
1: i like the, the 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 paradigm the usage paradigm which is a bit more for me a bit more logical than photoshop but again that's probably probably personal preference let's Get also, on sorry. also, Chris,
0: ph- Photoshop is like 25 years old, and they build legacy on legacy. Oh, on legacy, it's so. it's
1: yeah, and and of course, of course, Photoshop has tools that Affinity Photo doesn't have. But for my for only for, for all, I use it for. It covers that and way more. So, anyway, um, 90 days trial, check it out. Um, and we're not being paid to say that, by the way. No, just a good pick though, Chris. I, I like, like it. Tools. I approve. Good pick. <laughs> so, um, Adrian, you brought us. Um, let me bring this up here. You brought us this. What is this?
2: <laughs> it looks okay, weird. Okay, so <laughs> it is. It looks delicious. So, well, so this is a, a. This is a a a 3D model image. So, um, so what you're showing us on the screen now is uh, a I 3D can actually image move it. It made. is actually three. You can move it. There you go. Uh, that I made using my telephone. <laughs> as I can you, even as one zoom does. in
1: and and, yes. and and show how many holes are in there.
2: Yes. Well, this is me starting to play with the lidar <laughs> scanner. So, given that we had a, a, a show based around three D imagery this to me is is a clearly it's not a a, a photographic technique per, per se uh but it's more of a hybrid technique so what the phones do is that they you you switch them into a capture mode for for a 3d image they take tons and tons of photographs and they also use the lidar to build up the best depth map that they can build up uh, and then, um very much in the way that people have done since the early days of games like doom uh it's texture mapping you know you have a th- you have a plane in a three d space and you have to plaster a texture across it um and and that's how we create a colored three d image that you can move around now it's great fun um and experimental, and it's definitely a first gen product if that. <laughs> right. Because what we're seeing here, I, so, so the the image in question uh, is is simply a tabletop with a, a plant in a pot on it. If I remember correctly, it was a rosemary plant, um, because that's our kitchen table, and <laughs> I think I just grabbed the first plant I could. Um, so, you know, what you're seeing here is that it, it a table itself actually it's it's managed to create. Roughly speaking, uh, a flat single plane for, for that, although because it's the way it scans, it's actually stitched together multiple plat, flat planes, so it's not quite like how the table would look. But c- clearly, it falls down completely. If you want to zoom into the plant for a second, it falls down completely when you try and take a, uh, make an image of something
0: like a plant,
2: which is mostly empty
1: space. I, I have you? a story around it. Sorry, Jeremiah, you go ahead.
0: I, I just had a quick question for you. But because this is rendered in 3D, a little different uh, definition of the 3D we've been talking about, but because it is, could you travel? In other words, if you um, uh, looked at this from both left eye and right eye, could you capture a still from both the right and the left, just sliding, doing a virtual rail on it, and then... Uh, create a uh, a, th- a actual three D anaglyph so, of it. So, so. so that
2: that's a really interesting question. You possibly could. I mean, when you use the scanning app, it will co- when you when you finished a scan and it um, uh, and it pops back down to a, a list of scans you've made. It will say something like this scan has you know four hundred thousand faces and you know it's captured 300 photographic images to use as texture uh, uh, and stuff like that so yeah you know, i guess you could unbundle that um it's probably a bit harder uh to do than actually just to, to set out to do what you've just described the other thing the other thing is and this is an interesting part of presentation uh as well is that um whilst you can present it in a in a, as a 3d model so um that you know, the app can um generate lots of different formats of 3d models as if you as uh, you know a, a compression codec or something you know, lots of different opportunities um it's actually difficult to the apps i found don't do a render so, so I've had to capture the two D thing by simply doing screenshots by moving the three D model around and then and then doing a screenshot. So, there are some um, well, you're not going to get challenges good, with it. You're so not
0: uh, going to be uh, able to do a good render with the
1: thing. The thing the I I wanted to to, to to the story I wanted to tell is along those lines. And um, there is an app, an iPhone app that does well. Don't don't ask me about the name. I forgot what it's what is named, but it was a. A year ago, maybe, um, which does that, but it does it photogrammetrically. It does use f- ah, okay. photogrammetry, so you take a lot of photos of a space of something, and it will figure out the relation of things just by seeing what's the same on which p- on, on two pictures, and then it'll create a three D thing like that. Um, it's it's definitely takes longer. It's not as precise um, as with the lidar, but. It, it worked and what I did is I created and unfortunately it's it's in a, on a platform so it's not like you don't get the file you just just view it on the platform but what mm. I did is I I I I made a 3d representation of our living room which like the entire room of the outside walls the sofa the the table whatever's in there and I, create, I recreated that space, and then I went into that space using the Oculus Quest. So <laughs> yeah. I overlaid it over the actual living room at the actual size, and then I walked around in that 3D-scan <laughs> space, which was, of course, like your picture here, very <laughs> not perfect, uh, B- interesting... Bitty bitty yeah, yeah. yes bitty and and it was it was it was this weird sensation of being in the exact same room everything's at the exact same place so i didn't have to worry about stumbling over a chair or something cuz the 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 actual chair was there where the 3d weird chair was the table was there <laughs> the sofa was there so i could sit on the sofa in that 3d space and it <laughs> gave me it was such an, a weird strange sensation because i could touch those weird splotchy things and they were real so uh, yeah oh, that's that's interesting yeah that's, could you that's float? very
2: very geeky
1: well done could
0: you <laughs> float could you could you fly through the of
1: course room? of course you can yes 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 but i i deliberately made it uh register with the actual room so that i could move in around in it and um yeah quite of a quite a bit of a mind trick there quite a weird yeah that's
2: interesting so i think there's a lot to come in this space i mean this is my pick of the week (laughs) because i've enjoyed playing with it i know there are more sophisticated tools that have been around for a very long time that would make better yeah better capture of the uh, uh, of the of the environment and then better rendering of it i'd say for
0: architects this future bodes spectacularly well
2: well i was thinking more about you know um because it's about as as chris often says it's about the for me it's about the democratization of this technology so i mean yeah you know, you've had you know specific hardware for available for many years and so very sophisticated software that will do all of that thing to pro you know, to, to you know commercially presentable levels of quality but you know what if you're wanting to buy a new house yeah. what if you you go around yes i remember we've lived this house we live in um i remember coming to view this before we bought it and i had a 2g little tiny sony candy bar um phone at the time because it was before smartphones really took off and i got some very grainy photos of it you know and i had to hold my hand right up in the corner of the room so that i could get something <laughs> that showed how the room worked you know what i'd like to be able to actually i'd I don't want to move house. Um that's too much like hard work. But what I'd like to be able to do or other, or like for other people to be able to do is to use this technology to go around, just stand in the corner room and go zip 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 and 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 be done with their phone not even needing a theta 360 camera or anything like oh, that. Re- oh
1: realtors will will be all over that kind of a technology when it becomes more available at uh, at well I I guess I guess the introduction of lidar in phones is probably going to Usher in quite some changes yeah. in those web pages. It, re- it
2: really is, um, yeah. really also, is a first-gen to- first, first product at the moment. When, when
0: phones can render, in other words, when their GPU speeds start to get yeah. a little more aggressive, you're going to be able to uh, experience a place, you walk in, and if you're with a designer, an architect yourself, you're going to be able to go, see this space, this is what we can do with it. Yes. And it will be photorealistic. We're, we're not that far from that.
1: So, your picks of the week, Jeremiah. My are software picks. You know, I picked,
0: Yeah, I picked a couple uh, in the theme that we are um, exploring, uh, and um, uh, you know, these are two of my favorites. One is Stereo Maker. I don't think it's supported, and one is Anaglyph Maker, which I love. Stereo I Master think it's a here, fantastic. yes. Fantastic uh, application, uh, stereo master is, uh, old in the tooth, but I don't, I haven't found anything to replace it. Uh, but, and they do different things, uh, worth. They're not expensive and they're a lot of fun to play with. Um, and then, um, anaglyph maker, which I, I adore. I think that's quite fun because you can move things in and out of Photoshop and it's just a way of compiling, your left and right, and adjusting only Windows, the fine though. Tuning of your focal point. No, uh, I, I have it for Mac. So oh, there's I, a Mac I just version. Okay, okay, downloaded good. The last, the last, yeah. So,
2: so these it's yeah, so, okay. So, these are desktop applications that allow you to take two images and make yeah. uh, an anaglyph from them. Yeah, ah, okay, good. Yeah, all right, so I'll it's, it's that like, right. They're readily available. We should, have, we should have a listener challenge at some point with some of these technologies, shouldn't we, just well, to, to, to get people to play with them?
1: I mean, I have anaglyph glasses. Jeremiah has anaglyph glasses. Um, Adrian, where are yours? I'm sure
2: I had. To, I think. I think the last set I had came off the cover of 2000 <laughs> AD when I was about eleven years old. Um, uh, but the you're you're just I, not a real three,
1: nerd. You're just not
2: a real 3D I, nerd. I have a three I have a 3D television. Uh, not okay. because I wanted one, but because by the at the time I bought that particular television in this country, you couldn't buy a TV that <laughs> wasn't 3D. Um, it came with some glasses, um, uh, which after several years I just simply binned. Um, the, the, there isn't uh, any need for a three. Those are this country. There's too. nothing to watch for one thing.
1: And we look cool. There you go. Um, you do. I think that brings us to the end of a wonderful episode. Thanks, Jeremiah, for all this. Um, we're of Jeremiah course online. Now looks like he should be in Zizi yeah yeah well i'm still working on that beard <laughs> thank you um, take that as a compliment exactly we're of course <laughs> Jeez. on Jeez.
0: Yeah, i can't uh, have to keep trimming it yeah.
1: okay okay you, you you can read everyone can read the show notes are, are down in the description we're online and of course um tell everyone about it right yep yep okay until next Here time we are. everyone Discord is fun take care and Meet us on Discord with cool glasses. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Bye. (laughs)
0: Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com